are now listening to the Dynasty Rewind. Let's get it going quick. Let's get it going. Welcome back to the Dynasty Rewind. I almost said welcome back to Broadway Service Center, which is where I work. That's not <laughs> this, but I'm your host, Michael Bauer. We're one man light tonight. Chef's taking the night off. That's all right. We got Nate. We got Pork. We got myself holding it down. By the way, Pork, before we get into it, what do you think of my new hoodie here? I saw that. I love that, actually. I'm going to have to get me one of those. Yeah, you will. And you will hit up the Ultra Game link. Uh, This is the newest Ultra Game promo that they sent me. So keep your eye out for that. It is an Eagles hoodie. But don't worry. They cover all 32 teams. And let me tell you something. This hoodie, you you guys know how I am with washing stuff before I wear it. I put it right on. You know, sometimes you get clothes. It smells weird. New clothes. (laughs) This doesn't. It smells fine. It's a very neutral smell. It's very soft. It's got nice fleece lining. Um, the drawstrings are the Eagles colors, so the, Ooh, it's, it's, all, it's nice. nice. Although I don't think I'll be owning it long because I guarantee my wife is going to steal this from me. <laughs> yeah, she will. But you know what she will never steal from me? Kate Otten from the University of Washington, six foot five, 250 pounds. Hopefully, you know, the last time I was talking about this, my internet crapped out, so let's hope I can get through it. <laughs> 23 years old, three-star recruit, the stats lie. The tape does not. 28 catches, 250 yards, one touchdown. So he averaged 8.9 yards per catch. And he is a third round projected draft pick, courtesy of NFL Mock Draft Database.com. I like K. Dotton. You really should too. Would you like me to tell you why? Okay. Go for it. Let's hear it. All right. So, speed and burst wise, definitely not a track star. Um, he is fairly nimble and agile for a man of six foot five i'll say that Ooh, full screen's not good on me um (laughs) (laughs) release is pretty decent uh route running is not bad but most of his routes are screens and routes where he's just kind of like getting out to be a dump off stuff like that middle of the field type stuff but which is pretty typical for a tight end in college i've noticed you know not everyone's kyle pitts his class doesn't have a kyle pitts so um he set the bar kind of high we do have to temper expectations a little bit here. I think these guys are going to be pretty solid NFL contributors. And if that's the case, you're going to have guys that you're going to be starting on your fantasy team. You're going to find those guys right now. Keep listening. Don't forget to check us out. Patreon.com forward slash Dynasty Rewind. Nate, I love talking tight ends over there. Oh, yeah. Solid hands. He has had to haul in a ton of awful passes in this Washington offense. Uh, very good contested catch. He is a very physical player. He's a mauler. Um, after the catch, he's almost violent at times with the ball in his hands. Uh, playmaking, again, as the stats showed, more underneath possession-type receiver. Uh, run blocking is exceptional for a collegiate tight end. It's going to get him on the field in the NFL. And uh, production-wise, it was okay, but Washington didn't utilize him as much as they should have, kind of like how Jeremy Rucker was underutilized at Ohio State. I feel the same way about Kate Otten out in Washington. The only difference is the quarterback player at Ohio State is much better than at Washington. Um, and I think we could all agree on that. So mm. my horribly misspelled 
K.Dotten synopsis is, put him on your board. Watching this film, and you could see he's an NFL-ready tight end. He could block and run screens, which would make him a threat in the NFL. I was surprised as well by how good his pass blocking is. I don't know why I reiterated that there. Um, I have him projected in the second to third round. My film score on him is a 5.56, which puts him right between serviceable and good starter. I do think his blocking is going to bump him up a little bit. When I say second round, I'm not going to say like the 201, the 202. I'm talking like end of the second round. I could see him. Maybe a team wants to grab him there. Um, but Phil, what are your thoughts on Kate Otten? Yeah, I think Kate Otten for me is going to be more of a, a receiving the, uh, type of tight end. That's not going to be an inline tight end. Um, I kind of disagree with you with the blocking. I don't see um, that well of blocking. I think he's going to have to put a little bit more weight on. Uh, when he gets to the next level, uh, you know, he is in the pack pack 12. So some of the things that we do see out there, you know, if he does well at some things, you go to, you know, better competition, you know, you, you, you gotta, you know, you gotta up your game a little bit. And we've, we've seen uh, a, a ton of talent come out of the pack 12 and they go into the NFL and it seems like they're just not prepared. Um, but I'm just saying, I'm not saying this, that I don't like Kate Otten. I just see him as, you know, uh, a guy that you can put into the slot and run some really good routes for you. Um, I did see a lot of plays on his film that he was wide open um, for touchdowns. And, you know, those passes were terrible, but, you know, he did catch them because he did, he was wide open. But there was a lot of Jacob Easton stuff that we did saw. So <laughs> I know me, Mike, Mike enjoyed that film okay. a ton. <laughs> no, that was me too. I was in love with him, but, um, I think he's going to translate um, not right away. I think he's going to be like one of those third, fourth year guys. I'll give him – he's like a taxi taxi squash for me at this point and 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 wait and see what he does. Kind of like, um, you know, we saw from like a Jacob Harris. We know he wasn't going to do anything in his first or second year. Let's just see what he, what he can do and, uh, and he can progress from there. But I, I like what I see um, just as a receiver – but I just need to see a little bit more of the the blocking for me personally. Okay. Well, you can be wrong because I think his blocking is exceptional. <laughs> but I'll tell you what, let's go to the tiebreaker. Nate, what are your thoughts on Kate Otten as a prospect? Yeah, so with Kate Otten, I'm kind of in between you guys. I think he's an average at best blocker. I don't think he necessarily lacks uh, a decent blocking ability, but I think he's a guy that you're going to – you know, use against linebackers rather than defensive ends. He's not really going to win against defensive ends. He can hold his own against linebackers, but I wouldn't be putting up against the better defensive lineman of the NFL. So, but beyond his blocking, you know, I'm just saying that's a little bit average. He's got really good hands, you know, and he, and he finds separation through physicality and leverage rather than his speed because he's really not that great of an athlete. And uh, that's one of my biggest knocks against him is just he's not a great athlete and at the tight end position, especially for fantasy football. You know, we're looking at high athletes, you know, elite athletes that can create space and yards after the catch. And unfortunately, Kate Otten doesn't really bring that to the table. Um, he is kind of more in that mold of like a Zach Ertz, a Pat Fryermuth. If he's going to mm-hmm. succeed, that's how he's going to succeed. More just physicality and using his body to block out defenders and finding you know space in zone you know if he's gonna get separation it's most likely gonna be in zone coverage uh sitting in between players and underneath so that's what i'm looking at him because you know for every zach Ertz and pat frymuth we have we also have a drew sample we also have a foster moreau i mean mm-hmm. we have these guys that we're excited about but if they don't have the elite athleticism 
it's it's hard for them to really stand out at a position that's already really hard to stand out in, especially in fantasy football. So I think Kadon is probably going to be a better NFL player than fantasy football player. You know, Mike likes to say that a lot. Because uh, that's, that's kind of where I am with this guy. You know, I, I like him for my NFL team. I, I think he's decent for my fantasy squad if he gets a role with volume. But other than that, I'm not going to be too overexcited about him for my fantasy squad. Okay. And the good news is if you do become a patron and you have access to our database, Greg Dulcich is now making his triumphant return, although I'm not able to move him right now. Sean, I'm, I might be deleting people again. I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah, I, was gu- I was guilty of that too, man. Yeah, oh, I think Charlie Kohler got deleted a bunch of times. I'm not going to Charlie. <laughs> Dude, just I deleted Wagemeyer by accident, but yeah, I was no accident. That's the hate, purpose. man. That's the hate. Yeah, that's fine. He was so <laughs> slow. It doesn't matter. He's so slow, it's never going to reload. Because I'm trying to make sure that this is all <laughs> for tonight's episode because we're talking consensus tight ends after this. Come on, Greg Dulcich, get in your hole. There you go. He's right where he needs to be. Perfect. All right, so those are up. Nate, before we move on, do you have a film score on Kadon? I do. I gave him a 5.5. You know, that's actually – a pretty good grade. Um, I think he does well in the red zone. I think he has really good hands, soft, secure hands, and he's not terrible at creating separation. He's just not going to excel in that area. So he offers enough that I'm okay having him on my roster. Like I'm going to probably pick him up in tight end premium league with a decent landing spot, third round. So I'm thinking probably mid third round, maybe, you know, once we get to that point, it's really anyone's ball game. So I, I definitely don't hate Kate on. I'm just, uh, not one of my top, you know, two or three guys. Okay. Um, you and I are close five to 5.56. So we're neck and neck. Let's move on to our second prospect. And that is Justin Ross from Clemson. Also a third round projected uh, draft capital guy. Projected third round draft pick courtesy of NFL mock draft database.com. Sorry. I had to get that out correctly. Six foot four, 205 pounds. He was a four star recruit. 22 years old, 46 catches, 514 yards, three touchdowns, and he averaged 11.2 yards per reception. You're going to say to yourself, Mike, why are you talking about this guy? His stats aren't even that good. Well, a few years ago, and I'm sure Nate is going to touch on this, he was fantastic. And let me tell you something. Watching the Clemson film this year, DJU did this man no favors whatsoever. I mean... In Devi circles, I'm assuming I'm not a huge Devi guy um, yet. He's probably having a Spencer Rattler type fall off. DJU is. Would you say that, Nate? Or... Uh, I think it's worse than that. Probably at this point. I think Cade Klubnik is going to be starting this year pretty soon. So I think it's it's going to be a bit fall, bit a bit of big fall from grace for DJU, who has already fallen a ton in the Devi community. Yeah, because that's that's one of those things where. You know, Dabo, he's not, he doesn't want to lose. He, he's going to do what he's got to do. And if it involves benching this dude, then it's going to be that way. So, no, you're, you're staying there because you're, Sean, eat your hamburger <laughs> salad. Like, oh my God, the whitest thing ever to eat. Uh, <laughs> Nate, why don't you start us off on Justin Ross, your thoughts? And then, Pork, we're going to go to you and I'll finish it off. Yeah, Justin Ross, incredible freshman year. Uh, he he really excelled on a team with Trevor Lawrence and a team that had you know Amari Rogers and T Higgins on that team as well. Um, 
at six foot four, 205 pounds, a true freshman, he caught 46 passes for a thousand yards and nine touchdowns with a 21.7 yards per catch average. So, I mean, just incredible production for a freshman on a championship caliber team. And then a, a decent sophomore year, 66 catches for 865 yards, uh, a lot less distance with his yards per catch, but he was just in, using a bit of a different role. And he had eight touchdowns, so good. But then we had the injury where in the offseason he had like a stinger that ended up being a spinal cord injury, sat out an entire year, didn't know if he was going to play football again, worked his way back. He came in in shape to this season. And then as a senior, did 46 catches for 514 yards and three touchdowns. Those numbers don't sound great. They're the lowest of his career, but we just talked about DJU. Did not look good this year. The first two years we're playing with Trevor Lawrence, big difference from playing with DJU and the Clemson offense of last year. So this is a guy that for me, he's shown so much. And I go back and look at his tape, and I don't know if he's exactly the same player that he used to be because of the injury. And I don't know if it's just the temporary thing as he's getting back on the field or if this is who Justin Ross is now going forward. And that's the big question mark that we're going to face. You know, if, if he gets drafted with day two draft capital, even fourth round draft capital, I'm assuming the medical – history has cleared out, but then we still have the question of, are we getting the young Justin Ross explosive player that we saw, or are we getting the little bit more limited Justin Ross we saw this past year? Um, I'm, I'm personally good with either one, but obviously, you know, this is a high risk, high reward situation. If we get that young Justin Ross, I mean, it's going to be one of the top outside wide receivers in this draft class, you know, like I said before, six foot four, 205 pounds, he can gain a couple pounds more to, you know, be a bit more physical, but he has, you know, good athleticism, good route running, good release off the line. And he wins a lot in contested catch situations and comfortable catching the ball outside of his frame. So if he is healthy and going out there in the field, hundred percent, this is a guy that I want on my team. I'm willing to take the risk on him in my rookie drafts at the end of the second round, early third round, as long as he gets that draft capital. Okay. All right. Uh, do you have a film score on him by chance? Nate? I do. I have a pretty high film score on him. 6.25. Ooh. And I kind of cop him to like a Marvin Jones. Interesting. Well, we are going to have some discussion on this <laughs> then. But uh, Phil, why don't you go ahead and tell us your thoughts? Yeah, um, I'm 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 kind of having a, a little bit of an issue because I really want to see that freshman Justin Ross and not the Justin Ross I saw from last year. But you you kind of have to. I don't, I don't want to keep regurgitating this, but DJU was really an issue for him. It was just a lot of passes where he's just wide open and he's just missing them. And then I was like, okay, let me just look at Trevor Lawrence, and he looks like a like a bona fide stud, but. I mean, from what I saw from last year's film without just forgetting about uh, DJU was uh, route running was actually really crisp. It wasn't as explosive as it was um, when he first came out and uh, had that thousand yard season. But uh, route running was really good. He didn't take too many steps at the at the top of his route. Um, everything was you know right there. So I think with with me seeing his route running is still good with the less explosiveness that he does have, I'm willing to take a risk with him. Um, I'm start the, the thing that's weird is just the polarizing part. You see him going the second round and mocks. Sometimes he goes in the middle of the third. So you really don't know where he's going to go. So I think landing spot for him is going to be really depending and his draft capital. Um, 
I'm willing to take him in the second, in the middle of the second, um, as early as early as I would take him. But you know, once the draft happens next week and things change from there, but I, I think the guys, I think the guy is going to be a stud. I, he just needs a really good quarterback. So I'll, and I, I think I'll have him around the same score as, as Nate. I think he's going to be um, a guy that can make a make a, a, a make a big point in this league. But we just need that that freshman. We need that freshman. Uh, that freshman Justin Ross. Yeah, I agree and slightly disagree with what some you know some of what you guys are saying. But again, this is we're not going to agree every on every aspect of every player. Um, my main concerns with Justin Ross are, and it's not the medicals because if they didn't check out, he wouldn't be playing. It's that easy. Um, not very physical, and I didn't think his run blocking was very good either. My main concerns with him, um, everything else, I thought he was pretty good. I did only look at 21 film because, and I did this on purpose. I want to know what Justin Ross were getting right now because a lot can happen in two years. That being said, if Justin Ross goes to a place, if he goes to Houston, I'm not going to like that as much as if he goes to Green Bay. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And of course, you know, and a lot of people always... (laughs) This is one of the things. This was me and Garrett's biggest argument always. He was always talent over opportunity. And I would always say, true, but if you don't have the opportunity to showcase your talent, it doesn't matter. So really the answer is both. But you want mm-hmm. him to go to a good landing spot, right? Like yeah. that that's what I want to see because he needs a good, strong arm quarterback that could throw a guy like this open. Nate, I slightly disagree. I didn't think his contested catch was that great to be honest with you. Um, but overall, you know, it's one of those things where if my NFL team drafts Justin Ross, I'm going to be really happy about it. I'm going to be thrilled because it, at, any, at any point, if your team drafts him after the third round, it's a value, a huge value, because we've seen the upside that this guy has. But again, I'm scouting him on what we see right now. My film score is a 4.72. Oh. Oof. A little, little lower on them than the natives. Yeah, I mean, I I kind of I kind of disagree with just looking at the twenty twenty one film only because of the QB play. I mean, if you see the the, the QB play that he has with uh, number one overall pick and Trevor Lawrence, I think you got to see because I know you also mentioned with Justin Ross that he was a little bit lazy with some of his routes. I think he was just lazy with his routes because he knew he wasn't getting the freaking ball on time. <laughs> I actually did. I say that he was lazy on his. Rest? You said that on the on the the rookie mock that I listened to. Oh, okay, I was gonna say I don't recall. Look at you, Look at you, wow, yes. Phil. Make sure you listen. Yeah, wow, go Phil. to YouTube and listen to that uh the terrible landing spot. Bob's, that, Bob's uh, gonna put us. it. Bob's gonna put it on the, yeah, in the right the, right here, right there, right, right, there. right there. It's gonna be yeah. somewhere in this vicinity. Bob, go ahead and link that for me. You could edit this out or leave it in so everyone can see our beautiful faces. So yeah, I did notice he's a little bit lazy, and I get it. You know, if the ball's not gonna come to you or be thrown accurately, just run your damn route. Like you should, you should watch the uh, 2019, 2020 film, and then get a grade there, and then just average the grade, get a middle ground. Well, why don't I just regrade the whole thing? <laughs> I'm not going to fill out another scouting sheet. <laughs> I'm probably not going to draft Justin Ross unless he gets a really good spot earlier than the third round. Would you rather have Justin Ross or Tylen Wallace as a prospect? As a prospect? See? Um, hmm. 
That's tough. But I think Justin Ross. I would go Justin Ross just based purely based on what we saw pre spinal mm-hmm. injury. But I think he can get back to um what he was. You know, he was just getting I know his medicals tested out, but did he mentally test out? You know, can he really trust his back and do all those cuts at full speed? Listen, so let's be real here. If Justin Ross was on the Eagles with these exact stats, he is their third best wide receiver on the team behind Devontae sure. Smith and Quez Watkins. I would take this in a heartbeat. That's better than what your first round pick from two years ago did. It's unfortunately yeah. true. It is sad, but true. Yes, he does. <laughs> Go away. Would you guys like to hear some commercials? Fantastic. Here oh, they are. <laughs> Do you still want to draft but don't want to join yet another dynasty startup? If so, it's time to check out Underdog Fantasy. Best ball platform season-long drafts for the 2022 season are now open. Now's the time to reap the benefits of being a dynasty player that follows the NFL year-round. Support the Dynasty Rewind team and join us on Underdog Fantasy by using promo code Rewind when you make your first deposit and you will get a 100% deposit match up to $100. Deposit $100, get $100 more to play with. Boom. The link is in the description. We'll see you there. Are you looking for a new way to play Dynasty? Way to go deeper than just drafting, trading, and setting lineups? If that's true, it's time to check out DynastyOwner.com. DynastyOwner.com is the new and improved way to play Dynasty Fantasy Football at its deepest level, featuring new challenges like managing a salary cap, navigating player contracts, as well as setting your lineups. Sure, rookies are a value now. What about in the future? Build your dynasty around the cap and make the tough decisions when the time comes. New leagues are now forming. It's time to own your dynasty at dynastyowner.com. Let them know the Dynasty Rewind sent you by using the code Rewind. The link will be in the description. Are you looking to support the Dynasty Rewind team and enjoy your favorite live events at a great price? It's time to check out our friends at SeatGeek. SeatGeek is the leading mobile-focused ticket platform that enables fans to buy and sell tickets for live events such as sports and concerts. They search all the big ticket sites for you, analyzing thousands of ticket listings, and present the results using SeatGeek's deal score system and rate the best deals all in one place. They utilize 3D maps to make finding the perfect seat easy for you. Creating an account takes seconds. When you use promo code DynastyRewind, you will get $20 off your first ticket purchase. Sign up today and enjoy a game tomorrow. And lastly, do you, my friends, want some Dynasty Rewind swag? Make sure you visit ViridianGlobal.com, the only official merchandise company of the Dynasty Rewind. Make sure you use the promo code REWINDER, all caps, at checkout for 10% off all Dynasty Rewind and Dynasty Rewind only merch. Again, don't forget, ViridianGlobal.com is the only place that you will find official Dynasty Rewind merchandise. Thanks again, everybody. All right, that was fantastic. So let's get everybody back in here. Welcome back, guys. Um, Let's move on to the what Bob calls it the meat and potatoes segment of the show. Apparently, Bob hates vegetables. None mentioned in there. <laughs> you are from uh, where? What is that? Uh, the Midwest. You should love zucchini. Watch out for deer too, Bob. Um, so we're going to be talking the cons- consensus top three tight end rookie rankings. Um, 
is there more than three that are worth it? We got some that we're going to mention briefly after this. Um, you know, let's start with the first one. This is our unanimous tight end one. That's Trey McBride from Colorado State University. So you know what? What does OOD mean? Order of discussion. Oh, okay, great. So sorry. <laughs> Acronyms, <laughs> man. <laughs> sorry, I deal with so much crap during the day. All right, so it's all good. He's our unanimous tight end number one. And I think a few months ago that would have been different. I think Weidemeyer was Nate's tight end one at one point in time. It was. And then he runs like a bulldozer, which is not good in this. Yep. Facts. This is not, not good. good. Um, so Pork, what do you think sets Trey McBride apart from the rest of this class? I just think he does everything well. I mean, at, at this point, I mean, when we're looking at this full tight end class, I just think that he just does everything pretty much well. He runs his routes well. He's a really, really good blocker. And he showed out really well at the Senior Bowl, too. He's one of the guys that, you know, I think he scored a touchdown uh, during that game, too. And during practice, he did very well. So, I mean, at the end of the day, I think he's just the most pro-ready um, out of this class at this point. So I think that's why uh, the majority of the team has him um, at this high in their rankings. Yeah, I agree with all that. He just – he's the complete package. The only thing is I don't – I'm trying to pull it up right now. What is his height? I don't think he's the – six four. He's six four. Okay, so that's that's fine. Six four. Mm-hmm. Um, there's another guy we're going to mention later, James Mitchell. He is um, he's six four as well, I believe. Mm-hmm. But it's just one of those things. Another guy that if you're just scat stat sheet scouting, you're probably not going to like the guy. We see a lot of touchdowns on there. Throw on some Colorado State film, and it will all make sense really, really soon. But I mean, he he's mm-hmm. definitely strong enough. He's fast enough. He gets open. He's good with the ball in his hands. I I like what I see with Trey McBride. A lot of people are saying this isn't a good tight end class. I think this tight end class is going to be a little bit bit better than people are saying um, because we're going to talk about our next guy right here, and that's Greg Dulcich from UCLA. Um, So let's see. He was the three of us on here, myself, Nate, and Pork. He was our tight end two, and he was Chev's tight end three. Um, so Chev unfortunately won't be here to speak on Greg's behalf. But Nate, um, you know, what, what do you think? Just brief thoughts on Dulcich, and is there any fantasy upside in this class outside of these two? Like once we we venture out of here, what are your thoughts there? Yeah, so to hit on Dulcich at first, you know, he he's done well with UCLA over the past couple of years. Great dominator rating, great market share of that team. You know, he was one of the main offensive weapons for UCLA, which is, is saying something, you know, in college, we don't often see tight ends be a focal point for their offense, but Greg Dulcich was and uh, great yards per route run, great yards per catch. He showed some explosiveness, some athletic ability that I don't think is, you know, super prominent in this class. I think that's what people are down on with this class is that there's not any real athletes um, that really excite us at the tight end position this year. Uh, last year, of course, we saw Kyle Pitts, but years before that, we've had athletic tight ends coming into the league that we're excited about, whether it's Mike Kosicki or Evan Ingram. And we see guys that are like big tight ends, I mean, big wide receivers out there, but playing tight end. And and they, mm-hmm. just this class doesn't have it. You know, we were trying to, some people are stretching it with Isaiah Likely, uh, but he obviously didn't have the speed, 
and the lateral ability that you know people were hoping he would have. Jalen Meyer has not done that as well. So at the end of the day, Greg Dulcich is like one of the most athletic tight ends in this class. And while you know I have him relatively well graded out, and I do have him as a top two tight end in this class. You know, I don't think compared to past classes, you know, he would he would be a top two or top three tight end. But in this class, I think he's a decent, decent shot for fantasy. He has some fantasy upside with his ability to break open the seam and maintain the catch through contact, has a little bit of yards after the catch ability. So overall, I like Greg Dulcich. But to be honest, after Trey McBride and after Greg Dulcich, I'm pretty much out on this tight end class for fantasy football. I think there's a lot of good NFL players in this draft class but not too many good players for my dynasty team. You're going to take any dart throws on any of these guys like late rounds or. Yeah. Like, you know, you mentioned James Mitchell. I like James Mitchell a good amount because he does have some athletic ability and, and that's what I've said we've been missing. So I'm going to take a swing on a guy. It's going to be on a guy like James Mitchell because he has the athletic ability to maybe, you know, create some upside for me or another guy we can talk about is Jelani Woods, who obviously has some athleticism, I don't know if that translates as well on the field as it did at the NFL Combine, but still with those testing numbers, you know, it's worth taking a shot on. Yeah, and he is in our honorable mention category, so we're going to get to him a little bit later. Uh, But yeah, I like Greg Dulcich too, and like Nate said, you know, to be the focal point of an offense, especially that type of offense, more of your, your spread offense, where usually it seems to focus through the quarterback First, of course, because they do a lot of passing and running as well in that offense. But wide receivers, running backs, and they sprinkle the tight end in. But you know, Greg Dulcich, he got he got some good run. I mean, I know it's not it doesn't look super impressive, one thousand three hundred fifty three yards in four seasons, but eleven touchdowns. You know, that's not anything to laugh at. He averaged seventeen point six yards per reception, which is pretty fantastic. I mean, that's well over a first down every time he touches the ball and you can't beat that you know he's six foot four 245 pounds he's going to be asked to put on a little bit of weight that's fine mm-hmm. i think he could do it i like what i saw on tape with him um is he anything super impressive no i think he's pretty average but look an average tight end a guy that could block guy that can average 17.6 yards per reception he's going to get a spot on a roster we also have to consider too the upside might not be there, but we all still play seasonal leagues, right? We love dynasty fantasy football. We play Devi, we play DFS, we play all that stuff. There's going to be a time where in our seasonal leagues, we're looking for someone to fill in as a starting tight end. Would you rather know who you're looking at or would you rather have question marks? You're doing that research right now. You're getting that information right now so that you know one day, say, I don't know, Travis Kelsey's out. All the other really good players are off the board. You need a tight end. Well, look, Greg Dulcich is starting this week. I'm going to plug him in there. Two touchdowns for sure. in the game. It's the one. There you go. You send us some of your winnings. Doubt it. Bob, put my Venmo in the. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move on to our consensus tight end three, and that is Charlie Kohler from Iowa State. Well, let's see. Chev and I are the highest on him, so I'll touch on that a little bit. But I'll tell you what, let's Nate, I, I want to start with you because I want to hear this. You apparently hate Charlie Kohler. He's your tight end eight. Or is this a case of, you know, where some of Chev's rankings, some of his wide receiver rankings, I think, appeared to be off, but he just liked other guys better. 
is this the same scenario or are you just big time out on Charlie Kohler? So with Charlie Kohler, I have him rated for a prospect grade of 4.56. So that's in between backup and, you know, serviceable starter. So I think he's a, a, a decent backup, basically. You know, I think he's a solid tight end two, high upside tight end three on an NFL roster. Mm-hmm. And it's because I'm down on him because I don't think he offers – much separation he's not really going to find space even in this zone coverage um uses an inline tight end a lot of times but i don't think he's a great blocker i don't think he's a great blocker and he's got some solid hands but he doesn't offer much of the catch not a lot of athleticism off uh the line uh, a little lumbering i would say at times but he's got that mm-hmm. six foot six 260 frame and, you know, that gives him a little bit of upside to if he can develop the blocking ability, he can get on the field. He could be a decent tight end off a of play action, a decent tight end too for a team. So I like what he could develop into, but I'm not, you know, sure enough of him developing into something more. I didn't see enough to really give me a lot of faith to, you know, make him a higher fantasy football ranking. You know, I just don't see the athletic ability there. Like I've said with tight ends, the athletic ability has to be there for them to succeed in fantasy football. Um, mm-hmm. e- even a guy like Zach Ertz and Pat Frymuth, who, you know, we use as less athletic tight ends have succeeded. They're still athletic and not that Kohler is, com- you know, not an athlete at all. It just doesn't offer the ability to, you know, make good of any situation. I feel like this draft class, I find myself saying this guy would have been perfect in the NFL in 1995. Yep. Charlie Kohler, well, look, you know, mostly lately, it's been a lot of uh, smaller, faster guys. And I've noticed this draft class as a whole from the skill positions. These are big dudes. These are big running backs. A lot of these wide receivers are massive, a lot of massive Mm -hmm. tight ends. And again, it's just really different from what we've seen in the NFL. So now we're back to fitting these square pegs in a round hole. And in a decade when, you know, the NFL goes small and fast again, then these guys start getting phased out. It just drives us crazy. That being said, Nate, I don't think he separates very well. I don't. However, his hands are good enough. He's physical enough. And his contested catches are good enough that if he went to, say, Tennessee, I think it would be a really good landing spot with the type of offense that they run. They'll let him be an inline tight end. You think Mike Vrabel is going to let a guy that can't block on his football field? I don't think so. This guy's going to get coached up no matter where he goes. He's six foot six, 260 pounds with great hands. He's going to get a shot. That's why I have him ranked so high. And I know I, I like to, to grade and project guys based on what I've seen, but I just really think that the NFL is going to love this guy. There's a lot of good landing spots out there for a dude like this too. So, you know, I like Charlie Kohler a lot. Um, I actually have him graded, Nate. I definitely think we talked about this in the Patreon. I have him graded a 5.22. So I think he's above serviceable. So those are our three consensus tight ends. And I'll just say him again, Trey McBride, Greg Dulcich, and Charlie Kohler. We do have some honorable mentions. Pork, you're going to start us off with this first honorable mention. Your tight end three is Jeremy Ruckert. Mm. Okay. What are your thoughts on Jeremy Ruckert? What what brings him up so high? A guy that really didn't get a lot of action at Ohio State due to the offense that they run. Yeah, I think, I know a lot of people look at the productivity, but obviously if you got Garrett Wilson, Olave, and Jackson Smith and Jigba, you're not going to get much of anything. So you kind of have to 
look at the other side of the film with him and you know when he does get the ball he does look pretty good and he has the frame for the nfl he's a really good blocker in my opinion and when he catches the ball he he looks pretty good with it so i'm just more it's more for me projecting to see it's weird to say projecting what i didn't see to see what i can see at the next level and i think he can do that he just has the i think he just has the frame to do so um so and then when his route running his route run is actually pretty good um he gets open pretty well but that's the thing you have to kind of take your eye off the ball and just look at what he's doing because you got uh henderson and and the three other receivers on that team that's just you know taking the spotlight off of him so for me i'm just projecting um just seeing what he's doing you know by himself um there's no lack of uh there's no, there's no lack of him just being lazy on the field. So I just, you know, see him doing that and and uh, projecting him doing well in that aspect of the game. All right. So we're going to move on. Another honorable mention. Chev's not here to talk about it, but he has Jelani Woods as his tight end too, which I think is interesting. And I mean, this is a guy, basically one good year at Virginia. I think he was at Oklahoma State before that. Am I correct on that, Nate? Um, yeah. Didn't really do much there. But, Nate, I know you're high on Jelani Woods, so why don't you uh, take it away with him since Chev's not here tonight to talk about why he's his tight end too. Yeah, I'm actually not super high on Jelani Woods. Um, Higher than us, I think. I was – I mean, I'm not really that high on Jelani Woods. I just was talking about You said you liked him. I was – (laughs) let me explain myself, Mike. I'm sorry. sorry. (laughs) I was just talking about him before the combine. When no one was talking about him, and I was saying that this guy's going to test great. He's going to show up at the combine. He's going to test great. He's going to look like an athletic freak, and he did that. But I don't think that really translates to the tape. I think when you watch the game film, he is not agile. He he moves around kind of awkwardly. He's like six foot seven, and he's got great speed, but he doesn't he doesn't look like he doesn't look like a smooth operator out there. He's got the speed, but he's not smooth with it. And as a tight end, you know, there's still a lot of rawness to him as a tight end. I think that needs to be kind of defined and molded, but he has the athletic ability. And because he has the athletic ability and he showed it so well at the NFL Combine, the team's going to take a chance on him in the third, fourth round. And he's going to get enough draft capital to get coached up and be given, you know, a full rookie contract of chances. And because of that, I am willing to take a shot on him in fantasy football. But this might be one of those guys where he could be a better fantasy football player than an NFL player in the fact that, you know, his only upside is really probably fantasy football and getting involved in offense. But I don't think he's going to be a guy that's going to be out there 80% of snaps um, working for your team. So is he the next Mo Cox? Uh, Could be. Could Mm -hmm. be. He's, He's a good bit skinnier. Than Mo Alley Cox. Okay. But yes, and it could be like in that style of fantasy football production. So just again to reiterate, you were talking about him before the combine. Yes, I'm the hipster of Jelani Woods. So what you're saying is following you, following the show, listening to us is one way to get ahead of your competition. It's true. There you go. We're you doing it first. So Kate Otten is another honorable mention on our consensus rankings here, but we already talked about him in his podcast. Um, so 
should we do it right now for we've already talked about him we 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 discussed kate otten on the podcast sean's saying no bob edit this out for all our audio listeners <laughs> i love you guys thank you so much <laughs> tell a friend refer a friend and our last one uh, we're going to go to james mitchell from virginia tech so i nate i think you are higher on him than i am we did talk about him on the patreon i did like what i see one thing i noticed i just don't he's not fast at all but he's physical but I want to hear th- your thoughts anyway. Yeah, I think he's fast enough. I agree. He's not fast. He's not like um, someone's going to blow you away with speed or, you know, break off the big, big plays. But he has enough speed that he broke off some big plays and was able to finish some runs where he got, you know, 40, 50 yard gains. And he was used on screens, which, you know, we see a good amount at the NCAA level. We see tight ends on screens. And those tight ends who excel in those screens, you know, that says something about their ability to create yards after the catch, to be given the ball, manufactured touches. Coaches believe in those guys. Mm-hmm. And James Mitchell only played two games this year before having a knee injury that kept him out the entire season. And I think if it wasn't for that injury, we'd be talking about James Mitchell as probably a consensus like top five tight end because I think he offers that athletic upside, that pass catching upside. He's not going to be in line guy. He's six foot four, but he, he kind of plays more like a six foot three, six foot two kind of guy. Um, he's, I could see him being like similar to Irv Smith in his play style and size. And now I wasn't a huge Irv, Irv Smith fan. I think expectations for him were way too high. But if we lowered our expectations to relative to a normal place for Irv Smith, that's where I'd have my expectations for James Mitchell. I think they could be similar players where they're not going to be your inline guys, but you can move them around. You can create separation. You can get some chunk plays out of these guys. So I like James Mitchell for that, but he does need an offense that's going to you know work with him. He's not a guy that can just plug and play. The Virginia Tech offense doesn't really work with anybody, if I could be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit of a rough, rough watch out there. Fun times. So those are our consensus tight end rookie rankings. And again, Trey McBride, Greg Dulcich, Charlie Kohler, a couple honorable mentions, a couple guys I just want to throw in there. If you hear somebody ranting and raving about Daniel Bellinger from San Diego State, just go ahead and unfollow them. Um, a couple guys that uh, Jake Ferguson is going to get drafted highly in the NFL draft. It's going to be a trap. He is a better for the NFL player, in my opinion. Um Cole Turner, I'm out on. I probably will not have a single Cole Turner share. And Isaiah Likely, unless he gets really good draft capital, I'm most likely out on him as well. So can we, we go. Can we talk about the fall from glory about Watermeyer? Because, okay. I mean, it's just mm-hmm. yeah. for, okay, for well, some people to have them as a – not talking about Nate, but, like, the majority of people had Watermeyer as their tight end one. And then after the combine – but to me, it wasn't just the 40 time it was the drills that he was running. He was running them lazily. Then he dropped the ball in the practice drill and it, it just didn't look good for him. It's just, I don't get how um, the take that we saw with it to me, when we got to the combine, it just, it just fell apart. And it got yep. to a point where most people, most draft experts are saying he's going from maybe a day two pick to undrafted. Like how does to me? I don't. I don't get how that happens. I don't know if that's a mental thing or what. But uh, I just want to get your guys' thoughts on it because, for for me personally, I wasn't that high on him as it was. But from then on till now, it's just yeah, it just tanked completely. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I was one of those people that had Jalen Watermeyer as my tight end one. And, you know, the 40-yard dash being so bad. And it's pro day, you know. In a pro day, it's your setting. It's your schedule. You set it up. You're supposed to be feel comfortable. And to run a, a five-second 40-yard dash as a tight end, you know, I didn't see that on film. I don't think anyone saw that on film. Mm, and I think not that bad. the fact that he ran slower than he should you know, there's guys that run as fast as they should. And then there's guys who run faster than they should. And you're like, okay, that guy ran faster than he should. That shows that he trained for the drill. He got, he worked on his technique for, you know, his get off. This guy is a hard worker. You see a guy run slower than they should. And it raises a bunch of red flags about what's their work ethic. What, what were they doing? What were they training for? Um, mm-hmm. I don't want to, you know, harp on his character just off the 40 yard dash time, but without being able to put him in it, room and ask them about it you know that's what i have to go off of and the draft capital really is going to confirm it or or not you know if he still gets the day two draft but still gets the fourth round draft capital i won't be as worried as you know if he became a sixth seventh round or even undrafted becomes undrafted you know he's totally off your board because at that point you're wondering you know what his nfl career is even going to be yeah yeah the way i see it is there's game speed there's track speed and then there's no speed and that's what Jalen widemar has got <laughs> You run a five, a five flat man. You are off my board. You're so far off. I might even just delete him on the Notion database. And really, I did. Crazy. I did. I might, Sorry. I might delete Malik Willis too, just to uh, really see. Look, like, Sean's backstage. Like, what was he gonna? I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm out on Jalen Weidemeyer. I doubt he gets good draft capital. And honestly, Nate, like you said, I could see UDFA thing happening. Because uh, these scouts are going to know, they're, they're going to find out about his work ethic. These guys dig. That's crazy. They dig. That's what they do. So, um, and that's what you can do by going over to patreon.com forward slash dinosaur and having access to this Notion database. You can hang out with us all the time on our awesome Discord channel. Thank you, Sean, for recommending that. Uh, but I think that's going to wrap it up for tonight. Hope you enjoyed the show. Go ahead, leave a five star review on Apple or whoever allows you to leave leave reviews and for nate pork i'm your host michael bauer until next time everybody be kind please rewind thanks for listening take me out of here sean thanks for listening to the dynasty rewind please make sure you subscribe rate and review and as always be kind please rewind